this scene, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time once again for another edition of the Man in the Arena podcast, starring yours truly, the ace of Tennessee podcasting, Michael Shibley, with you here. Hope everybody has had a fantastic week. My goodness, this episode, it is easy to talk about. It is August awesomeness. We've had March Madness, we've had all that, but my goodness, all the sports that are happening Over the weekend and over the past week, it's everything. It is amazing. There's a lot to get to, so we will get right to it here in just a sec. But first, of course, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. And, of course, you can find the Man in the Arena podcast wherever you get your fine podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast. We're expanding to all of them, so check them out wherever you can and wherever you listen. Please, as always, give us those five-star reviews. just takes 30 seconds. Just rate, support. You know, rate and subscribe and all those things. I would appreciate it. It helps get the name out into the algorithm so I can help take over the sports podcasting world even more than I already am. I would love and appreciate every one of you for doing that. And of course, follow us on social media Man in the Arena Pod on Instagram, Man Arena Pod on Twitter, and of course, Man in the Arena Podcast over on. On Facebook, just find it. You can see my dumb face on there, holding Smokey and sitting in an empty arena, cheering on the Vols, as it kind of looks like that's what the Neyland Stadium is going to kind of look like, at least to start the season. We'll get to that in just a moment. We'll get to that with shibbles and bits. But again, like them all, subscribe. I post things there as much as I can. Let's dive into it. Of course, we've got the playoffs going on right now in the NBA and the NHL, so that is leading a lot of our great coverage, because as always, as we talk here on the Man in the Arena podcast, we always talk about winners first. That's what we talk about. We're not going to guess. We're not doing hypotheticals. We don't do that here on this show. We talk winners, and we talk about games that are actually going on and what it means in the long run. The NBA playoffs are happening. The big stuff, of course, is happening out in the Western Conference, when you look at how everything is just developing so far. And these have been great games in the bubble. Yes, I miss fans. We all miss fans. I'm just going to say that at the top. I would love for these to be in arenas. I am the man in the arena. Would love to see these games, you know, with home court advantage and all those different things. But again, that is not the world we live in right now. So this is where we are. And I think it's balanced some things out, and then in some places it hasn't. At least in the Western Conference, the only one that really has not been as competitive as I might have thought, at least to start with. Now again, we're only four games in, we'll see. It's the Lakers and the Blazers, the Lakers are up three games to one. Uh, and last night it was Mamba Night because they were celebrating uh, the late Kobe Bryant. It would have been his 42nd birthday, and they were wearing you know a lot of tribute. Uh, uniforms the Lakers were and at one point just was the way it seemed to be written the way it ended up uh, the Lakers at one point in the game was up were up uh, 24 to 8 over the Trailblazers and again Kobe Bryant's two numbers just things happen like that and it's just weird and interesting and wonderful to see love seeing things like that 
the Lakers have been in control of this series except for game one where Damian Lillard just went off. So we'll see if the Blazers can at least rest another game or two away from the Lakers. I don't know. The Lakers just seem to be in control. We'll see if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, which is going to be a big thing even going forward than that. The other series that's up 3-1 to one out west is the Jazz and Nuggets, which has just been an offensive showcase. Donovan Mitchell has been incredible for uh, the Jazz. It's been just a high-scoring game. Just pick a point, take the over, whatever it is, if you're betting on it, and go with it there. Then you've got two series that are tied at two. You've got the Rockets and the Thunder, which I figured was going to be a series like this. Chris Paul has been playing again out of his mind. Just He's taken the rock he's taken the thunder rather i'm sorry he was on the rockets now he's on the thunder in the tr- in the trade that they had there for james harden and again i know harden is out but the way chris paul has played this season is been just fantastic the way he's taken a team that probably was maybe going to be either an 8 seed or a 7 seed probably going into the season and making them into the five seed was just incredible. And it's got the series even right now with the Rockets. But of course, the big news coming out of the West has been the Clippers and Mavericks. Series is tied two games to two. The Clippers was a lot of people's pick, including mine, to win this whole thing with, with everything that they've had. And they've been able to acquire all the great stuff. But now you've got the Mavericks... Tying it up 2-2. Two to two. Luka Doncic is getting praise as a combination of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and all these great things. He has played out of his mind in this. And that's people have seen it. He just turned 21. The guy can just buy alcohol here in America. And he went for 43 points in a triple-double overtime win, hitting the game-winning shot to beat the Clippers over Kawhi Leonard. Over playoff P, Paul George, which again is one of the dumbest nicknames that you can deem yourself, especially because you've done nothing in the playoffs, Paul George. Do something in the playoffs before you give yourself a nickname like that. But, and Kawhi Leonard has been great too, no doubting that. But Luka Doncic has just been out of his mind. Christoph Porzingis didn't play in game four, he's not going to play in game five, which is scheduled tonight as of this recording. And Doncic just hitting that game winner was without a doubt, it seemed like. The second he let it go, he knew it was in it. It was a deep, long three to win that game in overtime. It is a series. It's going to go at least six. I do think the Clippers are going to come back and win game five here to force a do-or-die game six for the Mavericks. But it has been a great series. It has been some great basketball. You want to see the best basketball in the world? Just watch the NBA playoffs. It has been amazing. Meanwhile, in the Eastern Conference... Well, three of the series are done. The other one should be wrapped up pretty much. The Heat swept the Pacers. The Celtics swept the 76ers. And the Raptors swept the Nets. And again, congratulations to Nick Nurse winning NBA Coach of the Year because what a great job he's done losing Kawhi Leonard and just the way he's gotten that team to respond and still be the defending champions and still be in it at this point. It's just been phenomenal. Meanwhile, the Bucks are up three games to one on the Orlando Magic. The Magic won game one, but Giannis Antetokounmpo has gotten himself on track. He's ready to go. He has been just dynamic in all four games, but I think the Bucks have that one under control, so that's going to set up some cool round two matchups. The Bucks versus a scrappy Heat team that I think can 
give them at least some problems, and then you're going to have the Celtics and Raptors. I think the Raptors are going to get back to the conference finals because the Celtics don't have Hayward because, again, he's injured himself. So we'll see where all that goes. But the NBA playoffs has been phenomenal. I love the fact that they've had games starting at 1 o'clock. It's a very March Madness feel here in August awesomeness when you talk about what the NBA has been doing with their playoffs. Moving forward, the NHL playoffs. You look at the Eastern Conference. We're into the second round. You've got the Islanders up uh, one game to none on the Flyers, the one seed. The Boston Bruins up on the Tampa Bay Lightning one game after, after they've all played one game except uh, one of these series. The Golden Knights of Las Vegas are up on the Vancouver Canucks one game to none. And then the Dallas Stars up on the Colorado Avalanche two games to none. So again, playoff hockey, the best hockey. These games are going to go back and forth. It's going to swing. There's not going to be a lot of sweeps happening in the NHL in their bubbles that they've been playing. And, and again, you keep seeing this where they've done some great things with keeping the coronavirus, COVID-19, under control in these bubbles, which has been great to see. And now we've had NFL camps going, and it's been great, at least the precautions that the NFL has made so far. There have been no positive tests. They showed some false positives. It all got traced back to one lab who apparently just did an awful, awful job, which was weird. But... There's no positivity rate yet in the NFL. We'll see where that all ends up at this point. But they've done a great job of that. College, not so much. I mean, and again, the college students are back. At the University of Tennessee, you have over 100 students that have to be in isolation, different things like that. And then, of course, one just reported today, a student left quarantine to go hang out with their friends. You know you have COVID, and you go hang out with your friends. It's just mind-boggling. University of Alabama has over 500 cases right now. We'll see where it all ends up. We'll talk more about college football coming up in the next segment as teams are starting to make plans for the season, at least to start the season, and how it's going to go with fans in the stands and all those different things. But a couple of other things that happened over the weekend, and again, because we want to talk about winners here on the Man in the Arena podcast. But you had the UEFA Champions League, the final happened, and again, they had to do a condensed version of this. Usually you play a home-and-home, and then you combine the two scores. That's the way they do it in the knockout round of the Champions League. They couldn't do that because, again, everything got shortened because of COVID-19, and they had to do single elimination, and Bayern Munich lived up to the challenge. They defeated uh, PSG Paris Saint-Germain one nothing. To win the UEFA Champions League, they winning their European Cup, the top European Cup for the sixth time, 1-0 uh, with a goal by the French national Kingsley Coleman. Uh, it was just great. He appeared at the back post, headed home the goal in the 59th minute, and it was a sweeping move. Bayern Munich has been on fire all season long. They won the treble, which is they've won. They won the European Cup. They won their league in Germany. And then they also won the German Cup. So they won all three titles, which is just an amazing run. That does not happen a lot in soccer. So it's always worth celebrating when you can win it like that. And again, it feels bad for a team like PSG, who has spent a lot of money on trying to get guys like Neymar and Mbappe. They just could not beat uh, the keeper Manuel Neuer for Byron 
at close range at all. That uh, Qatar royal family who's been investing a lot in PSG still could not get the top win. But hey, a lot of that goes to what a great team Bayern Munich has been all season long. They went undefeated in UEFA Champions League play. Even after they qualified in group play, they still went out and won their games. And that including just beating the living tar out of Barcelona in the semifinals. My goodness. I haven't seen a slaughter like that since Germany just blitzed Brazil in, what was it, the 2012 World Cup? I mean, everybody got fired. (laughs) At Barcelona because of that. My goodness, that does not happen at top-level soccer like that. So hats off to Bayern Munich. Again, celebrating a great win, and congratulations to them. And another winner, the Indy 500, of course, just like everything else, has been pushed back, and they ran the race without fans in the stands, which is weird because, man, you can get 250,000 people there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And again, I'm not the biggest racing fan, but just something about the big races like this is always just amazing to see. And congratulations uh, to Takuma Sato, who snatched his second Indianapolis 500 victory in an odd and unsatisfying finish to the great spectacle of racing. He won the Indy 500. He held off Scott Dixon and won under caution after Spencer Peugeot, his teammate, crashed with five laps remaining. It's held in front of empty grandstands for the first time in 104 runnings because, of course, of the pandemic. And that's the one thing that IndyCar needs to look at. Because in NASCAR, the last lap, and again, we'll, I, again, not the biggest racing guy here, but at least in NASCAR, the stoppage would have been immediate, and then you'd still have the final sprint at the end. So you'd still have that. But just ending under caution where everybody's just following the pace car across the finish line, it's tough to see that because, again, it's un- underwhelming, really, when you look. I just It's just an unsatisfying way to end a race. And he still won, and congratulations to Sato winning it twice. You win it twice, you get the big, just what a beautiful trophy the Indianapolis 500 trophy is. You get the, you know, the, the jug of milk and all the great stuff when it comes. But I really think they need to look at what they go through and how they finish these things to make it more interesting, especially when you have such a worldwide audience watching because, yeah, you had the UEFA Champions League, you had the Indy 500, you had the playoff basketball, but you still had a lot of people wanting to watch the great American race. I love watching the Indy 500. That's usually a great day because usually, you know, they've got the Monte Carlo Grand Prix as well happening that day. So you watch Formula One in the morning, you watch IndyCar at night or in the afternoon, and then usually they have the NASCAR, I think it's the Coca-Cola 600 in the evening. It's a great day for racing, Memorial Day weekend, but just didn't happen. Of course, Scott Dixon was looking for another win. He won 111, or he led 111 of the 200 laps for his second Indy win, but he's led one of the uh, people who's led the most laps in Indy 500. But hey, congratulations to Sato, the Japanese uh, native, getting the win there and moving on, and we'll see if he can get a third. We'll see how all that happens. I just love watching the big races. It's a lot of fun, and you get a winner, sometimes in a disappointing fashion like this, but hey, but I mean, we're talking about August awesomeness here. So much great stuff. We've got the U.S. Open in women's tennis happening. There's a FCS college football game that is happening this weekend. There will be live competitive football 
this coming weekend. So we have even more to wrap up August awesomeness when it comes to sports. But hey, we got to take a quick break and cool off some of this awesomeness so I can catch my breath and talk about everything else going on in the world of sports. Shibbles and Bits coming up next. You're listening again to the Man in the Arena podcast. We'll see you after the break. Yes, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You hear the music. You know it's time for Shibbles and Bits. But of course, before we do that, let me dive in to thanking some of my friends. Again, we're not part of a network anymore, but I do have some great podcasting friends I've got to say thanks to. And of course, first, the great podcast Sagas and Shenanigans. It is our Dungeons & Dragons podcast, uh, myself, along with fellow podcasting uh, people, Michael Doherty of Geeks Inherited the Earth, which is another podcast you can listen to with him and Cody C.K. Uh, Kitts with J.C. Ratliff. They're all with Geeks Inherited the Earth. Boston McCown is our Dungeon Masters on Sagas and Shenanigans. You can listen to him on the BRB AFK podcast. It's video games and pop culture with Ryan Shipley. You can listen to them with Bingy and all their guests that they have. I've been a guest on previous editions of that podcast. It's always fun to listen there so we've got a couple of podcasts that you can also listen to so uh, B, uh, BRBAFK you've got uh, Geeks Inherited the Earth you have Man in the Arena podcast and then of course you've got Sagas and Shenanigans one that I'm a part of and of course my lovely wife Mrs. Shibbles is also a part of we both play characters there in the podcasting world uh also, playing Dungeons & Dragons, it's been so much fun doing it. It's my first ever campaign in Dungeons & Dragons. We're both having a blast doing it. Boston, as I mentioned, is our Dungeon Master. And then you've got Michael Doherty and Cody as well. And, of course, regular guest and co-host during college football season, Trey Pack, is also there. So we've got a lot of great characters on there. It's a lot of fun. It's funny. We just played a session last night that's one of the funniest things I've been a part of. Mrs. Shibbles was dying laughing. You've got to tune in, again, to Sagas and Shenanigans and all the other great podcasts whenever you get a chance, wherever you get your fine podcast, Listen to them. Live, learn, laugh, love, all the great things. Diving into everything else going on in the world of sports here with Shibbles and Bits, the AP Top 25 poll came out, the media poll. I'm going to try and do this as best I can, but you have Clemson number one. That's fine. Ohio State's number two. Yes, the Buckeyes, number two. A lot of people's pick to possibly win the national championship if they were playing college football in the Big Ten and Pac-10 in the fall. They're not. They're playing in the spring, and yet, for some reason, the Associated Press has a handful, nine Big Ten and Pac-12 teams, which is just weird because, again, they're not playing. So if Clemson and Alabama and Georgia, Oklahoma, they all lose, does that mean Ohio State's number one? Even though they've played no games, that makes no sense. They have 21 first-place votes, and I get it. And I I am never a fan of preseason polls. I hate them. Honestly, I wish in a quote-unquote normal college football season, I wish they wouldn't even come out with any polls until the first week of October, to be perfectly honest. Let a month play and then start ranking these teams. 
But you've got Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon, Wisconsin, Michigan, USC, Minnesota, Utah, all in there. They're all ranked. They're not playing in the fall. So we'll see where all this goes. Meanwhile, in the SEC, you've got Alabama at number three. Georgia at number four, LSU number six. The first time, I think, in a long, long time, the defending national champion has not been ranked at least in the top five to start the next season. Florida at number eight. And this is just going to be a tough road to hoe. Tennessee's playing three of these teams in the top ten. And then they're playing Auburn at 11. Texas A&M at 13. So... (laughs) Besides LSU, Tennessee's not playing or playing all the rest of them. And then you've got Tennessee down at 25. So we're starting the season ranked in the AP Top 25. Who knows if they're going to move? I I don't know. Um, But it's just interesting to kind of see how that all plays out. Again, polls are stupid. I'm crumbling this up because, again, nine teams on there aren't even playing here in the fall. So... What the hell do I know when it comes to making predictions? Speaking of making uh, moves and doing different things, they have come out with the ticket policies here at Neyland Stadium for my beloved Tennessee Vols, and I'm sure a lot of these are the same all over college football. All the teams looks like the stadium restrictions are in. It's going to be between, it looks like for most SEC schools with big stadiums, twenty to 25,000 people, which, you know, again, is a Vanderbilt non-conference game normal seating capacity or less, depending on how terrible Vanderbilt is that season. So you have all of that. They've got season ticket holder options. Again, students are going to get priority starting, I believe they can start asking for tickets on the 23rd. October uh, 3rd is the first home game against Missouri. And again, season ticket holders and uh, students will have priority. The, they have five different options when it comes to season ticket holders. Of course, the number one option, fans can keep the option of receiving limited number of seats during the season. Uh, UT stated access to tickets is not guaranteed, and the seating location will not be known because, again, they've got to keep people in social distance and all those different things. Of course, you can do Give My All to Tennessee where you can just donate Uh, You do not plan to use their tickets, but you can donate the ticket renewal cost and Tennessee fund gift to the Student Athlete Volunteer Excellence Fund, which, hey, is a good thing if you want to do that. Of course, you can just carry the fight to 2021, which is the next option where essentially you don't pay anything for this season. Everything just rolls over to next season. Of course, you can just uh, roll over their ticket renewal and Tennessee fund gift to the 2021 season. You can do that, too. Or you can just ask for a refund. So, again, you've got to give everybody the best options that you can when it comes to all of this because, again, these are different times that we are living in. And you want to take these precautions. I mean, I know the Tennessee Titans, I believe, for week one are not going to have anybody in the stands. I think at Lambeau Field they're not going to have that as well. So you've got teams making decisions because, again, the coronavirus – doesn't identify political party or uh, uh, religious belief. It doesn't believe in any of that. It's a virus. You have to take the proper precautions. You have to do the right thing when it comes to everybody. And again, you listen to medical professionals. You don't just consult and believe the guy who couldn't even pass high school chemistry as the person of your best source of information. Actually look, question things, read it, 
and read the articles and check and make sure if these are actual things that you need. Because again, the coronavirus can catch, and I'm going to feel really bad for all the jokes I'm about to say here. Uh, the coronavirus can catch anybody, even the fastest man on the planet. Usain Bolt, eight-time Olympic gold medalist, tested positive for the coronavirus and is self-isolating at his home in Jamaica after celebrating his 34th birthday at a mask-free party. So, no one was wearing masks, and again, Jamaica does not have the outbreak issues, at least that the U.S. has had, but, I mean, they still have 622 active cases and 16 deaths, which for a small island nation, it's kind of a lot when you look at it. So, I mean, even Usain Bolt, you can't outrun the virus, and again, pardon the terrible joke, but here's to a speedy recovery for Usain Bolt. And again, hopefully he will think better when you go around and not wear masks, even though it is your birthday. Because guess what? COVID-19 does not care if it's your birthday. (laughs) It really doesn't at all. So just some things to think of. Meanwhile, a couple of other uh, interesting things here when it comes to social justice. And this is all coming through uh, with the backdrop of the Jacob Blake shooting that just happened over the weekend in Wisconsin. Jacob Blake, of course, going back into his car to check on his kids after, at least from what witnesses have said, was helping actually to break up a domestic disturbance. Cops were trying to restrain him, talk to him. He was getting into his car. Cop grabbed him, shot him in the back seven times. According to his father, he is now paralyzed, still in the hospital fighting for his life, but he's going to be paralyzed. So you've seen some more talk about protesting uh, and athletes standing up. You have a lot of them seeing like, especially in the NBA bubble, LeBron James and some of those guys leading the way talking about this is why we're protesting. You guys still haven't figured all of this out. So you have all those things, of course, as more this develops and more stories come out, we will talk about it. But you talk about Even the original protest that they had with Colin Kaepernick, Roger Goodell issues essentially an apology to Colin Kaepernick. He was on uh, former NFL linebacker, now on Fox Sports, uh, Emmanuel Acho's YouTube show, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, which, by the way, there's about eight episodes out now. You should watch that. It is Emmanuel Acho has done a great job of breaking things down, explaining it and having these conversations. It's wonderful. I think anybody who watches it, no matter your creed, your color, what have you, you can learn something from watching that show. I've subscribed to it. I think it's great. Uh, He's got backings. He's got a book coming out with it now. I think it's wonderful to see. But with Roger Goodell on there, Goodell offered an apology to Kaepernick, said, I wish we had listened earlier cap to what you were kneeling about and what you were trying to bring attention to is what Goodell said. Um, And of course, we have invited him several times to have the conversation, to have that dialogue. I wish we had the benefit of that. We never did. We could have benefited from that. Absolutely. Now, again, I've talked about on many iterations of this podcast, the issues that I have, the way Kaepernick sometimes goes about what he has done. I think, again, the way the tryout happened Uh, Some of the other things that he has said on social media because of this has been an issue. So, again, Colin Kaepernick has not been perfect when it comes to that dialogue, trying to have it with Roger Goodell. But it is big, I think, of Goodell 
to talk about that. And again, he has come out and said that, and this is Roger Goodell quoting here, it's not about the flag when they talk about the protests of kneeling at the national anthem. It's not about the flag. The message here and what our players are doing is being mischaracterized. Goodell said, these are not people who are unpatriotic. They're not disloyal. They're not against our military. In fact, many of those guys were in the military and their uh, military family. What we're trying to do is exercise their right to bring attention to something that needs to get fixed. That misrepresentation in who they were and what they are doing was a thing that really gnawed at me. So again, we'll see where all of this plays out. As NFL games and preseason games are set to kick off very soon. Well, no preseason. There's no preseason. I keep forgetting that. Man, these times we're living in are different. And so when you look at all of that, it's going to be interesting once the football kicks off what these players and coaches and everybody is going to do. But I think at least Roger Goodell in this capacity has acknowledged that. He understands that it's not about the flag. I wish... Certain other people in places of power realize that or at least are willing to have a conversation with other people instead of just yelling through the void at everybody. So we'll see where it all goes. You talk about, again, people trying to make changes and be more inclusive. You uh, brings us to the Kansas City Chiefs who announced last week that they are putting in place new policies for fans at Arrowhead Stadium. With regard to Native American imagery, they haven't changed their name like the Washington football team has, but fans are prohibited from wearing headdresses into the stadium, face painting that is styled in a way to imitate Native American cultures and traditions. The Chiefs have said they were also going to look into making changes to the Arrowhead shop and the pregame beating of a drum. So we'll see, again, where all of this kind of ends up. We are grateful, as they're saying, to meaningful conversations that we had with all of these uh, Native American leaders that they had this conversation with. So again, they're not just making this from just social media pressure from the funhouse mirror that is Twitter. They're actually talking to American Indian leaders. It's important to know we continue this dialogue on these significant topics and look forward to continuing to work together in the future. So again, I... Hey, if... Again, because I'm someone who has no Native American blood in him. I'm about one of the only people who live in East Tennessee that doesn't even have a fraction of Cherokee blood in him. So, but again, speaking from where these people believe and people who I know who are Native American find some of those things to be a misrepresentation of them and and all those things. So if they're making this decision now, I'm fine with that. If that's what they've all kind of done as a collective group, that is a perfectly reasonable thing to do, at least in my opinion. You want to debate any of this on me, again, hit me up, Michael underscore Shibley on Twitter. I will present my side of the argument, and you can happily present yours, maybe without name-calling. We'll see where all that ends up. Of course, Man Arena Pod, you can check that out as well for all the podcast information. Now, just to a lighter note before we get into the world of professional wrestling, one of the things that I've gotten big into... And other people in the esports world. And again, sometimes we talk about esports and video games here on the podcast. Is a new game that's come out the last month called Fall Guys. For those of you who don't know what Fall Guys is, it's a battle royale game where 60 people playing as customizable looking little jelly beans 
like characters through the game go through a series of levels that include obstacle courses, team games, and uh, survivor challenges. People are eliminated until there is only one bean left standing tall at the end. And, you know, it looks a lot like if those of you who remember the show Wipeout from ABC from back in the day, it's a, it plays kind of a lot like that. Uh, I have actually personally won three times, which is very minimal compared to some people, but there was a uh, an internet streamer who had had a lot of problems with the game, and that was Tim the Tatman, had talked about how this is a kid's game, and he can't even win this game, and he'd been streaming and all these different things, and finally he won his first Fall Guys game. And it was great to see. I was, you know, very happy that he was able to do that. And it was just kind of cool because the, the Fall Guys Twitter account was cheering him on and also trolling him at the same time, which I thought was great. It's just a fun game. Mrs. Shibbles and I play it a lot. It's just a fun, silly little game that anybody can play. And you even have all these mainstream brands are trying to get involved. And you've got guys donating to charity to get their brand on there. I think it's great. Hey, it's perfect counter to Fortnite and Call of Duty Warzone when you talk about just battle royal games. This is a battle royal game that even I can get involved in. You don't have to be a good shot because you're not shooting anything. And it goes in seasons. It's fun. Anybody who has, it's available right now on Steam uh, for PC and it's available on PlayStation. I think for 20 bucks or if you have PlayStation Plus, you can still get it for the rest of the month of August. So get on there and get it and come join me. Shibster007 is my PlayStation handle, so come there, join me, let's win these games together, which would be completely fun. So, speaking of getting wins in arenas, and I've gotten some wins in the video game arena, but then we had the Squared Circle, the wrestling arena, happening over the weekend. Lots of big events happening because of the NBA playoffs, AEW uh, Dynamite, which is normally scheduled for Wednesday, was actually moved to Saturday. Big, big show they had. The main event was a TNT championship match between Mr. Brody Lee of the Dark Order and Cody defending his title. And Brody Lee blitzed Cody, destroyed him in about three minutes, wiped him out, and is your new TNT champion. So we'll see where all that goes. Cody, of course, is going to be looking to get revenge. It looks like it all out the next pay-per-view. We'll see where that happens, but... It was great to kind of see a title change like that because you don't see that much of just a champion being blown away. Kind of like it was almost like Sylvester Stallone in Rocky Three, just losing to Clubber Lang when he lost the title. Now, is Cody going to get it back just like uh, Rocky did in the end of Rocky Three? We'll see where that all ends up. But I still think it was a great story that they were able to tell there with Mr. Brody Lee, the former Luke Harker, Harper of the Wyatt clan in WWE. Speaking of WWE, they had SummerSlam over the weekend. They've introduced the Thunderdome, which essentially they've moved everything out of the Performance Center, where they've been filming since the pandemic started. And they're now in the Amway Center, which is where the Orlando Magic uh, play basketball. And what they've done is they've put LED screens. So you've seen like at the NBA games, You've got the fans digitally on the screen. Well, they've got the whole arena with all of these. They've got pyro back and things. It, it's good. They've piped in kind of crowd noise to kind of add to it. It looks more like a regular arena, which is better than what they have been. AEW, by the way, is saying for their next show on Thursday, they're going to have, I think, 10 to 15% of Daly's Place where they've been filming uh, with fans. So that should be good. 
as well. But you had, of course, NXT TakeOver 30 happening. You had Karrion Cross is now the new NXT champion, defeating Keith Lee, who just debuted on Raw, so he got moved up. You had the North American champion is now Damian Priest winning in a ladder match. But the big one and the tie-over was Pat McAfee, former punter, ESPN personality, and all-time insane person. He was in a match with Adam Cole, baby, the former uh, NXT champion, and it was a really good match. Pat McAfee, I thought, looked great for his first ever wrestling match. Of course, when you have someone like Adam Cole, baby, to guide you through it, that's something really cool. They kept it simple. I thought it was entertaining. It was a really, really good match. So hats off to Pat McAfee. We'll see if he gets back into the squared circle. I think he could do it. Uh, I think it would be a great career. Just maybe do it kind of part-time and show up every once in a while. I think would be really cool for him. Meanwhile, the main event and the main card at SummerSlam, Asuka was my MVP. She had to wrestle twice. She had a chance to win both the women's SmackDown and Raw championships. She was the only she lost to Bailey with some interference from Sasha Banks, so she couldn't win the SmackDown one, but came back later in the night and tapped out Sasha Banks to win the Raw Women's Championship. Seth Rollins came up and defeated Dominic Mysterio. It was an okay match. I wish they could have cut maybe about 10 minutes out of it, but I thought Dominic Mysterio, the son of great Rey Mysterio, I thought did very well in his first WWE match. Drew McIntyre defeats Randy Orton, suckering him in and using a backslide to beat him. Didn't even kick him with a claymore. Just an old good old-fashioned backslide got the pin there. Looks like a rematch is going to be set for the next pay-per-view. By the way, Payback is another pay-per-view that they're having. And that's next week. What the heck they're doing there? Because The Fiend defeated Braun Strowman to win the Universal Championship. But then right after that happened, Roman Reigns came back. And for one of the first times ever in a long time, I was happy to see Roman Reigns. He had been sitting out because, again, when you're recovering from leukemia with the pandemic going around, kind of immunocompromised or immunocompromised. I can say it. The immune system is not great. It's weakened. So he's been sitting out. He is back. It looks like there's going to be a triple threat match next week for the Universal Championship between Roman Reigns, The Fiend, and Braun Strowman. We'll see where that all ends up. Probably Roman Reigns is going to get the title back, but I I like the shirt that he wore. Uh, The new shirt he's got just says, wreck everyone and leave. I love that idea. I think it's a great one. So we'll see where it all ends up, but it was a great, a great, again, weekend of sports and sports entertainment with everything from the playoffs to SummerSlam. It's all been fantastic. Hopefully, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, you guys will stay tuned and check out everything else that's happening the next weekend. We will be back next week, of course, to talk about everything that's going on in the world of sports. And, of course, stay tuned to everything Man in the Arena associated with social media just search man in the arena podcast you'll find me wherever you search and of course those five star reviews you give them to me i will love you forever for helping out and spread the word of this great podcast but until next week too sweet love you guys i'm out of here